Hi, and welcome to Background Noises. My name is Nadia Sheikh. I'm an independent indie pop rock artist, and in this podcast, I am interviewing the unheard voices of the music industry, from promoters to venue managers, sound engineers, you name it. Everyone's been deeply affected by the consequences of the pandemic. And with this podcast, I just wanted to do my little bit to help voice their issues, their experiences, their thoughts, and to just have a really good conversation with very interesting people. Uh, so thank you for joining me, and let's get it started. It's not like background noises i'm sure everyone's heard the term session musician before but i bet not everyone is quite sure what that means so i decided to invite to the podcast someone who can explain it firsthand please welcome quant ramden hey hey quant hey. how you doing thanks 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 for having me um yeah such a pleasure to be a part of this and, and speak to you again it's been it's been a long time yeah it's been ages but thank you for for taking time to to do this <laughs> of course so the term session musician or session player is pretty broad. Can you explain a little bit what your day-to-day is, is mm. like? Yeah, I mean, so the thing I love about being a session musician, right? Um, so typically as a session musician, you know, you play your given instrument or maybe multiple instruments for, you know, different artists, singers, bands. Um, and also you do a lot of, you know, recording and studio stuff. So, you know, for example, let's just say this week, right? I've been uh, in the rehearsal studio for three days. Um, and then I did a, a live TV session yesterday. Um, so that, you know, can be a typical week. Other weeks are busier, other weeks are less busy. You know, it just, it changes. But that's what kind of makes it exciting. So it's, you know, rehearsing, studio sessions, recording, live shows, you know, planning, rehearsing, practicing, all of this stuff, you know, and it kind of goes like that, yeah. Yeah, so that's pretty exciting. For, for everyone listening, um, in the past few years, Quantz has played for the likes of Ella Air, Coltrane, Jason Derulo. Um, he's been all over the globe, uh, Europe to Australia. And even more excitingly, last night, literally last night, yeah. he was playing with Dermot Kennedy Amazing. for the Graham Norton show. So that's really cool. Amazing that's really cool. What's been your favourite experience so far? Favourite experience? Well, I mean, yeah, I've been... I've, I've been, I've been, you know, super lucky, especially over the past few years to, um, to like you said, have traveled the world. The, the favorite, because uh, there's been a few amazing uh, experiences, but one that always comes to my mind is actually uh, a festival that I played uh, last year in Kosovo. Nice. Right. And that was um, a festival called Sunny Hill Festival. Yeah. And I was playing um, uh, with an artist called Coltrane, uh, who's, who's when, you know, one of the main artists I played for. And that was just an incredible festival um it was one of those festivals where everyone was just there for the music and a good time yeah. you know no matter what was playing no matter if it's music they like or someone they listen to they just 
just partied, you know, and it, it was crazy. Um, so that was an incredible experience. Um, and another one, Australia is, is, is amazing. Been to Australia twice now. Nice. Um, and there's something about that, that country, something about the shows there, you know, again, people are just there to have a good time and, and really enjoy the music. Um, so I'd say that's another favourite experience of mine, just kind of touring Australia and seeing the different cities and stuff. Oh, that's brilliant. It, it is really, it sounds really silly because you kind of like, obviously every, every country is different, but once you play in a place, you realise how different it is and how different the people react to the same things. 100%. It's like really crazy. Yeah. I find it, it that way. Yeah, it's, it's super fascinating. You know, how how different uh, different places connect to certain types of music different or how they react to music differently, you know? Um, so one, one thing that always stood out for me was, I don't know, Germany, like Berlin, or um, which I think of another city, Amsterdam or something. But, you know, they, they, in my experience, react quite similarly to the music. But then say you go to somewhere like Sweden or you go to Denmark, yeah. they have a much more relaxed reaction to the music they're a lot more kind of like reserved yeah you know whereas other places in europe will be more kind of uh you know more more, more in your face more active more dynamic um yeah absolutely. you know and and it's just so funny to see the reaction it doesn't mean they don't like the music per se it's just how they kind of react you know culturally how they are um and you kind of start to learn this as you try yeah absolutely i it, sometimes you get the feeling like oh maybe they don't like it and then that's the place where you sell the most merch because <laughs> yeah. people loved it but they just show it in a different way <laughs> Yeah, it's it can be quite interesting when you go to a country for the first time, right? And you kind of maybe you you haven't experienced the culture or you don't know how the people are. And that discovery process is is something that's always quite quite fun because, like you said, you know, you might feel judged that they don't like you know the music per se, or you know, but it's just you know they might just just act in a you know a different way and react in a different way. Yeah, definitely. Did you always know you wanted to to do this? Like, how how old were you when you started playing? Um, well, piano, I started playing quite young, actually, maybe like I was seven, around seven, eight years old, maybe, maybe earlier, maybe six years old. Um, but I started off classically trained. Um, and I don't think at that age, I knew it was something I wanted to do for, you know, for the rest of my life or for a large portion of my life, definitely. But I think when I was early teens, and I started to really get into listening to, you know, to the music that I liked to, whether that be, you know, hip hop stuff or pop stuff. And then um, later on, it was like grime and then electronic stuff. I started to realize, hold on now, so I can actually just figure out how to play these songs. And, and that kind of started to do that. And I think from that point on, and especially when I realized I can actually create music, you know, I can produce music as well. I can learn how to do this. I think I realized, hold on, this, you know, this is something that I actually yeah. really enjoy doing. I'm spending a lot of time doing it. Uh, maybe this could be something something that I do you know for for a lot longer so I think yeah around early teens and especially when I went to um, secondary school and college I saw the kind of um, you know it's a possibility to actually do this as a job you know do you have like an it moment like light bulb moment where you're like ding this is what I want to do like right now I know this is it um or is it just kind of gradual I think it was kind of it was kind of gradual it's kind of both actually because I remember being in secondary school and I went through a phase of being really into like electronic dance music right so like house and uh, maybe a little bit of trance as well and and I started to produce this stuff and I realized hold on actually I am pretty good at this you know and yeah. I'm, I'm spending all day doing it um and that kind of that came in conjunction with you know playing piano and stuff as well and I listened to pop music a lot so I kind of thought, you know, this is a possibility. I'm just going to keep doing this because I enjoy doing it. Um, and then I think at the, around the age of 16, 17, 
I joined my first function band. And so that's when I actually started to, you know, go out there and play, uh, play gigs and earn, you know, earn some money from it. And then I really yeah. realized, hold on, okay, so there's more avenues to music. Um, you know, I can produce music, but I can also perform in a band. I can also, you know, play for artists and stuff. And I think that's how it kind of started off for me. Nice. And, and how old were you when you got your first um, session gig? And who was it with? First, first session gig, good question. I think it was in around 2017, because um, I'd, I'd been in London already think, for about a year, and I met um, a guy called Don McAllister, um, who's an amazing artist, amazing singer. And yeah, we started working together in the studio, and then he started to do some live gigs and, and asked me if I wanted to play piano. So I said yes. Um, and we started to do some London shows, um, you know, some smaller venues. And then we got the amazing opportunity to tour. So that was my first experience of, you know, uh, I guess a proper tour and, and traveling and, uh, and that whole thing and, and playing for a lot more people. So that was kind of the introduction to it all. And, um, I loved it. It was like I had the best time of my life, and I kind of thought to myself, "I want to do a bit yeah. more of this, you know. Let's see where let's see where this goes." So it's kind of, um, yeah, I'd say that's the kind of first artist gig yeah. that I kind of had, and then it kind of just went from there, really. Nice. And and how in the world of uh, session playing? Because obviously, there's like the hot artists that everyone wants to play for, and there's all these musicians that you want to get into this big tours mm. and the festivals and stuff how how can someone if i don't know if there's any session musicians listening how can someone go about getting those gigs uh i think it's one of those things where uh, like like with anything right you have to first of all um be, be be good at what you do right so that you know to get to that point you know you have to for one practice i think a, a lot you know and that goes for anything just you know whatever you're doing make sure you're working hard at it um you know, and, and just, just be good. Um, I would say one of the main things, to be honest, is just be really, just a, a really easy going person, someone who can actually, you know, hang out with people, uh, have a good time with people, because it's like, I think when people, you know, think of artists or musicians they want to work with, a lot of the time they're thinking, who just do I feel good around, right? And who do I have a good time with? Because there's so many people that can, you know, yeah. play the guitar or play the piano or, you know, to, to, to a good standard. But it's also who can I gel with and who can I, you know, actually get on with and, and work easily with. Um, I think there's that. And then third thing maybe is, um, I don't know, what I think what's helped for me is being quite a social person. So being able to, yeah, kind of go out and, and talk to people and meet people and that sort of stuff. I think for me, that's helped helped a lot. Yeah, it's always that word, the dreaded word, networking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously nowadays social media is 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 huge and that helps so much, you know. So you might not be the best talker yeah. or, you know, you might not be super extroverted, but social media is, that's what that's for, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think definitely in this age, it's a lot easier to, to kind of do that. Nice. Um, you were saying you had like a really cool, obviously the past few years have been great and last year you did loads of stuff. How many gigs and festivals roughly did you do like last year? I mean, yeah, last year was, yeah, last year was, was, was really, really fun. I would say, I don't know exactly, but definitely over 50, um, like, you know, art, kind of artists working in the session world. Um, uh, yeah, and it was, you know, it was an amazing, amazing year. Um, had a few tours, um, started working with, with Ella Air officially, which is amazing. Um, and yeah, it was 
just a great summer and then obviously fast forward to uh, this year and it's a different story <laughs> yes and I, my second question was um how many were you booked for this year that didn't happen <laughs> wow well to be honest yeah i think we had quite a few yeah with the artists i was working for quite a few plans you know there was um air had a tour tour booked in that had to be kind of cancelled and moved to next year um Cold Chain definitely had, you know, some some plans for for shows and festivals and stuff. So yeah, it was um, a bit of a shocker, I think, for everyone in the industry. But um, yeah, it's one of those things where you kind of have to just you know, take it day by day now, and 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 it will yeah. it will you know eventually come back. Um, it's just yeah. when is the question. You know? <laughs> definitely. <laughs> um, so obviously, you've had loads of shows cancelled, um, but as you were saying before, your role isn't just going out to play. At gigs you, you do loads of different stuff how has the pandemic like affected your activity have you had to like adapt more have you had i don't know a drop in live shows but then loads of writing sessions or mm. recording sessions yeah how has it kind of like panned out for you um so i think when lockdown initially hit and it was kind of like you know everything is shut down you stay in your house when it was really um i guess really, you know really really serious at first for us i think um for me I, I took it quite quite difficult um you know quite hard in the sense of because i'm super extroverted and then being told you cannot leave the house basically you know and, and do shows and and, and meet friends and stuff i took it quite yeah. um yeah quite quite seriously and and it was something that was a bit of a shock. So I actually took, I think it about a month, maybe just over a month off of music in, in total, because for me, it was just like, I don't, I don't even want to do music inside with other people because I, I want to really? be out there, you know? So for me, it was, you know, totally opposite thing. Um, and I kind of, you know, deleted Instagram for a month and kind of had this, you know, I'm just going to be with myself and do other things. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So in a way that was, you know, it obviously you know you could look at it as a negative thing but on the other side it was positive because it gave me i don't know a lot more time to focus on other things that i wanted to do before as well so you know another hobby of mine is 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 spanish languages yes right Por favor, I don't know, your, you speak spanish yourself Sí, sí. Ahora uh, algo es, es diferente. Antes um, no no sabía español, pero ahora ya lo sé. Me encanta, me encanta. No lo sabía. Pero yeah, so I kind of had a lot of time to improve that aspect of my life, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, and focus on Spanish. Um, and yeah, just kind of you know, I started to read books again because that was something that I've wanted to do, but you know, because of busy with life and music and stuff, I didn't really do that as much. So, you know, it's kind of gave me time to do other things. And then I think after about a month or two, uh, um, I kind of, you know, felt a bit better about the situation and, you know, started to do more um, kind of, you, you know, remote sessions, I guess, uh, remote sessions and um, kind of collaborating and producing a bit more as well. You know? Oh, brilliant. I think in a way, as bad as the lockdown is, and obviously if we're, we're fine, and there's a lot of people that have lost people or they're suffering and stuff but it i think the lockdown in a sense has been good to, to just reconnect and as you say just do other things and and discover sure. new things because you get it's so easy to get like looped in like especially if you live in a place like london where literally just going somewhere is going to take you two hours round trip 
you you end up waste not wasting but <laughs> yeah, literally. you don't have time for the little things and to just kind of like discover or learn stuff that you kind of want to do so i think i think it's a good it's a good it's been a yeah. good time for that a bit prolonged 100%. like i yeah. i went into that yeah did from it, a, and from, now a, I, from, a, from a yeah from a different perspective yeah yeah it's a bit long now though kind of like been and done now can we go back to normal life again <laughs> it's like yeah we it's like we we get it we get it let's continue <laughs> with our lives please yeah. yeah um so have you have you done obviously during lockdown with no gigs and stuff there was a surge in live streams i know you did one with dermot kennedy yes um yeah. have you done have you been involved in many of those yeah i, I, I wouldn't say too many but i definitely think that's something that's going to be um going to be a lot more more common going forward um i have one uh, first of all yeah the dermot kennedy live stream was was incredible i mean that was at the, the natural history museum uh, and that was just such an amazing production it's um, a production company called ceremony london and they are just incredible they brought together the most amazing people um and that was an experience yeah in, in itself you know the visuals the video the music just everything um and i have one this month well uh, next coming up november and uh, with a new artist called baby queen and we're supporting young blood brilliant nice so i think that, that, that's going to be a live stream thing started started playing um yeah started playing keys for her which is amazing um you know so all these you know kind of opportunities i think are going to start to come up a bit um over the next couple of months definitely and you know who knows maybe even going forward when you know life goes back to what you know whatever normality yeah. <laughs> is now um then you know live stream might be a thing that's that's more common and, and more used you know potentially who knows yeah oh really it's really funny because um i've done a few episodes of of this uh, and i always there's a few questions i always ask just to kind of see the different perspectives of people and you're the first person that has actually said I think this is going to go forward and going to be more mm. common in the long run. Um, most people have said potentially. Yeah, it's it's everyone said it's, it's done a really good job for what it is for now, but live is going to take over again, which obviously it will once it's back. But it's mm. it's kind of one hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like thinking forward. You can see how this has changed the perspective on that kind of show. But, but the thing is, also, it's another. Yeah, it's thinking forward. I mean, even Billie Eilish did like a huge one recently. Yeah, one hundred percent. And also, it's the um, it's basically it's, it's the things you can do with it as well, visually um, and artistically. It kind of opens a lot more doors. Yeah. Um, and I mean, also potentially revenue streams as well. You know, because it's like you know can fill a certain venue. You know, you have people that you know may not want to <laughs> leave their house for whatever reason. May just want to watch the show from the comfort of their home it's definitely a, a you know potentiality for sure yeah definitely um i guess like they've, they've always kind of been around with like colors or um vivo discover and stuff like that exactly, they're in yeah. short form are just kind of like a one song session but mm-hmm. it's always been there just a different for approach sure. now um in a different way yeah, i saw one sure. recently this a band did where well this i think it's a venue um up north and and they do this live streams where the, the, the people from their home see you but you see the people say that again so it's like a zoom call but without all the people there incredible so it's like yeah and and i think it's like a zoom call but it's like high quality so they're playing from the actual venue so it's like 
live right. music sound. It's like proper sound. But you see all the little squares with the people. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's great. That's kind of cool. You see the people just like yeah. Yeah. dancing in the living rooms. <laughs> yeah. Just like a massive Zoom call with random people watching the show. Yeah, literally. I did, um, I did a Zoom uh, gig over lockdown, like a private Zoom gig for a company. Wicked. How'd it, how'd it go? And that was like interesting because you could see all the people just like in their houses. Right. Okay. Yeah, it was good. It was, it was yeah, a, yeah, yeah. an experience, yeah. <laughs> a new experience, but yeah, it was fun. Amazing. Was fun. Yeah, for sure. Really um, yeah, just different. Yeah, this is the thing. It's just, it's one of those things It's different. We're, at the end of the day, we're still playing music. It's just kind of, you got to, you know, maybe it's something new, kind of experiencing something new and kind of adapt into it a little bit. But at the end of the day, it's still what we do, you know? Yeah, definitely. It's nice to play as well. Definitely. Mm. Um, so as well as obviously your session playing, you play in uh, function bands, like high end event kind of stuff. Uh, I saw you had a gig I think, yeah. okay, this mm-hmm. might be completely wrong, but I've talked to you a little bit online. And <laughs> I saw <laughs> I saw that you were playing a New Year's gig in Bali. Is that right? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That was incredible. That was absolutely incredible. Yeah. I mean, so the function world is, um, is definitely a different world, right? Um, but it can, you know, you can have experiences like this, you know, where you you get to go to the other side of the world and, and play, um, you know, hour, two hour, three hour set, you know, for, for you know, potentially um, a corporate client or a wedding or a birthday party. It could be anything, really. Um, and, you know, for example, that but the Bali gig, that was such an incredible experience. I can imagine. I've never been to Bali and I haven't really been to Asia in general that, you know, too much, you know, once or twice. And yeah, Bali was an incredible experience. Um, it's for a hotel called The Mulia which is, I mean, probably the nicest, one of the nicest, if not the nicest hotel there. Um, so that in itself was just like, wow, you know, and to get to play music there, it's, you know, it's a blessing. So, um, yeah, you can have these experiences as well, which is amazing. That's brilliant. What do you prefer, function or artist? <sighs> that is a good or question. And they, they, they both have, yeah, they both have their, <laughs> um, like, pros and cons, right? So I think with, with function, the function world, there is this, you know, a set you know i say few songs you know hundreds of songs but generally in the function circuit you're kind of playing a similar type of songs so typically you, you know of certain songs but you know them so you're recycling the same things most gigs um which can depends how you look at it can either be boring or make your life easy you know yeah <laughs> um, but the good thing about about function gigs is that you know they are they are really fun because it's you know for for, for the most part because you're playing for people that just want to go and have, have a good time and, and have a party um and for example you know you can go to bali as well and that's great um but i would say i slightly prefer artist gigs and the session world just a bit more because there's a bit more of a creative aspect to it that i love you know that's what i love about music you know the, the, the creativity of it um where you know i mean obviously you get to travel the world that's an amazing as well but the music itself is you know the artist created in the studio but then oftentimes you know you have a bit of creative input into how the live set goes as well um depending on who you're working with you know who the md is as well you know you can have a kind of input in, in this sort of stuff um which makes it really fun hmm. And also if you're playing for, for different artists as well, it just makes, you know, makes it a bit more interesting as well because, you know, you might be playing a, in the electronic show, you know, one month and then the next month you're kind of playing a, 
uh, hip hop kind of you know R&B thing, and you might be doing a straight up head pop thing, you know. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. Oh, nice. And um, you, you mentioned MD, so um, musical director. For anyone listening who's not too sure about what that meant, uh, you've done some of that as well. Yeah. So tell us a bit about what. Sorry, I should explain it. No, it's it's just like the normal talk. You you start saying and you don't realise, but I've kind of learned this by doing the podcast yeah. as well. <laughs> um, can you tell us a bit more about what mm-hmm. that, like what an MD does essentially? Yeah. So so you know, as, as a musical director, you're basically overseeing the creative aspects of of the music and of a show uh, and, and of an artist so this you kind of you do a lot of things as an md but you you know musically putting the show together so all the audio the tracks you are creating a story of, of this set so you're thinking more about how this is going to come across to the audience you know the kind of story you want to tell with the artist how you want to portray that on tour you're um you know coordinating the rehearsals you are Kind of, you know, basically working. The, you're the you're the first hand man to the to the artist, um, creatively and creating a show, um, or it could be just one, you know, one performance of one song as well. But you're kind of the person, you're the go to person for any of the questions you need musically, performance wise, all of this stuff. Big job. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a big job. It's a big job, but um, very very rewarding job. You know, at the same time. Yeah, definitely. It's like your little baby coming to life when it goes on stage. <laughs> exactly exactly you put it all together you were talking about obviously one day you're playing r&b another day you're playing hip-hop another day you're playing pop then you go and do function where you have to do everything you have to be like super super versatile and ju- like jump back and forth from like one genre to another how how does one prepare for that wow that's a good question <laughs> um i feel like at least for me what helps is that i listen to a lot of different types of music Right. So I think when you're kind of open to maybe experiencing new music or different types of music, then it definitely helps in the working world, you know, and in, within music, um, because you can kind of your ear can adapt to different situations very quickly if you if you listen to a lot of different types of music. Um, also, I don't know, I feel if you are, you know, technically good at what you do, you know, which, which most people working in the industry are, then that just makes your life so much easier when, you know, playing these different types of music because you already will have this, you know, in, in one, you know, one better term, under your fingers, you know, as a piano player or a guitarist. <laughs> you know, you can kind of adapt to these situations, you know, physically adapt to them and technically adapt to these situations a lot easier. Oh, brilliant. Uh, okay. Best part of the job, worst part of the job? Um, best part of the job. Best Sorry, you're coming I mean, up with a bad question all the time. No, 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 it's a great question. Um, the best part, I think, for me personally, is the opportunity to travel and experience the world, right? Because I think that's such an amazing thing, and, and the fact that music can, you know, allow someone to do that, and not only just just travel well for the sake of traveling, but to experience, you know, different cultures, different types of music meet different people such an enriching experience right such a fulfilling experience and, and to do that and and play music and do something that i love is yeah such a such a blessing so i would say that is for me the best part of the job worst part uh, also a good question um i would say something that i've experienced uh, and i don't know if many people in in music uh, has experienced this but i know some people have is when you start to tour 
you get for say, say for example you've been on tour for i mean even two weeks but let's say for longer tours like you know a month a couple of months you really get used to a, a fast lifestyle and a very enjoyable lifestyle right let's just say because because you know when you're doing shows and you're meeting all these people and having you know amazing experience amazing experience and it's very fast you get used to this and then when you come back home and then you the pace slows down and then you don't have you know you're not going out for amazing dinners or going to amazing events every other night you um and kind of brings you back to reality that you know your life may not be like this every single month of the year or every week of the year or every day um i guess it's kind of you know holiday blues or tour blues kind of thing that kind of effect um but it can be you know really really deep sometimes yeah. i say that i would say it's the worst part of the job but it's definitely a kind of negative experience that you know some musicians may have you know yeah i was talking about uh, with this about um about this with a friend um because obviously you kind of like you're up there and it's it's high, it's highs and lows obviously you like for sure it might be just mm. waiting around or like traveling and then just sound checking and it's kind of like slow and then for that half an hour or an hour you're kind of like on top of the world you're playing you high energy loads of adrenaline and then it's down and up again and down and up again and then when it finishes you're just kind of like there and it's like okay so so now what like what is live like what am i doing what do i do next yeah um yeah yeah uh, but yeah, yeah I, I get that's why that, that's like a negative. But it, it comes back again. It's just when activity levels drop, you're just kind of like, okay, so what now? Yeah, I think I think it's just you, you. You basically just feel the contrast a lot more. Yeah, that's what it is. You just feel the contrast of you know the highs and the lows. You know. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we're talk we're talking about live streams, but what about socially distanced gigs? Do you see that? I don't know having any future like do you think live music will be back at its full next year yeah i mean i'm i'm hoping that definitely by you know october september you know that's the you, tours are already starting to be booked in for around that time right that's starting to to, to happen but again no one knows but i'm optimistic maybe we'll see some festivals you know because you know festivals are obviously having a seriously hard time right now financially and if they miss another year who, who knows you know we might lose <laughs> a fair few big festivals um yeah. so i'm fingers crossed for festivals you know at least a few um but yeah i mean socially distanced gigs i i mean there's music and you know how humans work we you know we want to we want to dance we want to you know, we want to talk, we want to, you know, hug, we want to have a good time. So I think, you know, seated socially distanced gigs are, is something we'll, we'll kind of have to get used to for now. But it's not, you know, it's not something that's sustainable. It just doesn't, it won't work long term. So I think, you know, you know to, to yeah. normal, normal gigs, normal venues, uh, people just, you know, dancing and socialising, having a good time. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's all about the whole experience. Obviously, it's the live music, you go there for it, but you go for the whole experience 100 percent. that's the difference between the live stream and yeah, the exactly. real live show yeah 100 percent. for anyone listening um i've put the usual links to the music venue trust and save our venues in the description and the show notes so anyone can share can educate themselves on the situation they can donate i'll put the we make events uh, link as well so anyone can find the information there um before we leave, I want to ask you three quick questions. So try not to think too too much. Just first thing that mm -hmm. comes to mind. 
The first one is, what is the thing from live music that makes you the happiest? Tell us a funny anecdote and share a positive message. Okay. Uh, so what's the first one? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I always do have the same reaction every time. <laughs> uh, what's the thing from live music that makes you the happiest? Um, I'm going to say, kind of linking back to what I said before about kind of traveling and meeting people, it's the, the connection that it, it, it brings, you know, the connection that it brings to people in general, but the fact that you can... Music is this kind of this language and this tool that you can use to to connect and transfer energy around the world with anyone. You, you know, you can't. You don't need to speak the same language. You don't. You know, you you could be of all ages, different. You know, different races, different countries, and it's just like you have this connection, and it's you know sounds cliche, but it's like it's a beautiful thing. So I think for me, that's the 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 main. Um, you think that makes me the happiest about music? I think. That's really good. I love that, yeah. Uh, Tell us a funny anecdote. Funny story. Funny anecdote. The the one that always comes to my mind, yeah, was um, the gig. I I mentioned earlier, I had a gig in in, in Kosovo, in the festival, which is, you know, one of my favourite gigs. And uh, on that gig, after, to right at the end of the first song, right, I have, so on this gig, I have two, I have, well, three keyboards, two in front of me, one to the left of me and I have a laptop and, and I kind of control the start and the stops for the tracks. After the first song, the end of the first song, the two keyboards and the stands just crash and they fall off the, <gasps> off, off the riser, right? Off the stage, you know? And I'm in front of like, I think it was 20,000 people. And then I was just like, I feel naked. I don't have my keyboards anymore. They're on the floor. What do I do? <laughs> you know? So I kind of, kind of, you know, p- panicked a little bit, but then I was like, we need to get this set back. He was looking back at me and he was like, what, what the hell do we do now? And I said, bro, just go to the back of the stage, wait there, we'll be like a minute max, and then we'll set the keyboard back. And then, you know, the crew came, put it back up, and I start the track, the next track. And I'm looking at, um, so the guitarist, guy called Alex, he's on the other side of the stage. Thumbs up, he's good. All of his instruments are working. Drummer, James, he's all good. Quants, I'm checking my keyboards. Nothing's working. Oh, so, no. so I'm like, oh, goodness. Right. But the good thing is, right, this is this is another thing for, for MDs. Um, always, always have emergency tracks ready, right? So we had emergency tracks ready. And what I need to do is just press, you know, one button. And then and everything that I would have played live gets basically played on track, which basically means that I can pretend I'm playing and then they're going to hear, you know, the, the keyboards and all that sort of stuff. If anything goes wrong, like, yeah, at the time, quite embarrassing and whatever, but it was still, you know, after that, we had the whole set to go and it was an yeah, amazing gig. I, I actually love the fact that your favourite gig ever is the one that your your keyboards crashed at. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you saved the day, you saved the day. It's Literally. some good MDing there. I mean, it just... I kind of made the whole, the, you know, the whole yeah. experience. <laughs> that's brilliant. <laughs> um, that's really cool. And the third one is share a positive message. A positive message. I would say kind of coming out of this whole situation, this whole, you know, COVID and lockdown situation that we've all, um, we're kind of all still in actually. Um, I think for me, it's taught me to focus on kind of our internal, you know, our internal selves. So that's mental health. Uh, 
you know, kind of once you focus on this as opposed to your kind of outside world and the you know, more material things, th those things start to change. So if you improve how you feel, there's many ways to do this. You know, for me, I, I meditate a lot. So that's something that helps me. Um, it could be something as simple as literally just doing something that you love to do, right? Um, then, you know, your mood changes, how you think changes, and then the external world starts to change um, around you, as opposed to, I think a lot of people focus on the external and try to change things that are outside of them in the material world, thinking that it's going to change what's in here and it doesn't work, you know? And I think we all go through these these kind of these processes and these feelings, but I think it's just reminding ourselves to focus on how we feel, and then everything else in the outside world will start to change. With you know, with time. I think that's great advice. That's really good. Well, thank you so much for taking time to be part of uh, Background Noises, and thanks for sharing your little bit of the world with us. Uh, thank you. We'll definitely see you on you stage very me. soon. We'll see you very soon on stage. Um, yeah anyone yeah I'm, I'm, I'm sure i'm sure i'm sure you will i'll say fingers crossed but i'm sure you will absolutely I, i'm positive i am so positive <laughs> if not so hopefully sooner rather than later but we will be back we'll be back we'll see you up there we'll see you on tv yeah, anyway sure. <laughs> mm. anyone on the bbc <laughs> i play <laughs> there you go. Um, but yeah thank you everyone for listening and i'll see you on the next episode <laughs>